Thank you again for connecting with today's The Reframe Brain Podcast episode. This is Erica Savage, the founder and host, extending a personal invitation for you to join our community where you can receive my five best brain health tips and a playlist curated with you in mind. Please go to thereframedbrain.com. Thank you again and be well. Well, happy Monday. Today is Monday, May 15th, 2023. And I am Erica Savage, the founder and host of the Reframe Brain Podcast, where we center brain health and unseen injuries. If you're not connected with this yet, please do. Today is a perfect time. Go to the reframebrain.com. And on this wonderful May 15th, I am so elated to have this special guest that we have with us today. Uh, and what we will be discussing, you will find deals directly with brain health and unseen injuries. So let me let you know who we're going to be talking to today. Dr. Mustafa, Dr. Mustafa Santiago Ali is the Executive Vice President of Conservation and Justice for the National Wildlife Federation, former Interim Chief of Programs at the Union of Concerned Scientists, instructor at American University, and is the founder and CEO of Revitalization Strategies. He also serves as a commissioner for the American Academy of Arts and Sciences. Before joining the National Wildlife Federation, Mustafa was the senior vice president for the Hip Hop Coalition, a national nonprofit and nonpartisan organization that connects the hip hop community to the civic process. Critically important, I might add. Prior to joining the Hip Hop Coalition, Mustafa worked 22 years at the Environmental Protection Agency, that is the EPA, and two years on Capitol Hill working for uh, the late Congressman John Conyers, chairman of the Judiciary Committee. Mustafa began working on social justice issues at 16 years old and joined the EPA as a student, becoming a founding member of the EPA's Office of Environmental Justice. He most recently served as senior advisor for environmental justice and community revitalization and assistant associate administrator. He led the interagency working group on environmental justice, which brought together 17, dig that number, 17 federal agencies and departments and various White House offices to strategically leverage resources to uplift vulnerable communities across the country. He has also worked with over 1,000 domestic and international communities to secure environmental, health, and economic justice. In 2019, Mustafa co-designed and co-moderated the first presidential forum on environmental justice with Amy Goodman, host of Democracy Now! He has interviewed some of America's most influential leaders in politics, hip-hop, civil rights, climate, and social justice. He currently works with a number of Fortune 500 companies as they journey towards becoming 21st century organizations focused on integrating justice and equity into their respective programs, policies, and budgeting decisions. In late 2020, he launched the Clean Economy of Color Coalition, that's CECC, to better prepare and educate entrepreneurs, frontline organizations and local officials for the new set of opportunities that the bipartisan infrastructure deal, Inflation Reduction Act, and CHIPS Act provides to build wealth, lower emissions, and address the climate crisis. To date, thousands of participants have engaged with the CECC 
and it continues to grow monthly. Mustafa has also worked with a number of congressional representatives in the design of legislation focused on healthcare, gun violence, climate, housing, transportation, jobs, and environmental justice. He has testified on Capitol Hill numerous times, highlighting how stronger legislation can drive more inclusive policies, investments, and actions that have a direct effect on our most vulnerable communities. Dr. Ali is frequently seen on television, including appearances on MSNBC, ABC, CBS, NBC, CNN, Vice, Fuse, BET, National Geographic, Full Frontal with Samantha B, and Democracy Now! Mustafa is also a regular guest on Roland Martin Unfiltered, Black News Channel, The Dean Obadiah Show, and many, many others. Mustafa has been featured or cited in over 300 news publications and has been a guest lecturer at over 100 colleges and universities. He currently serves as a commissioner, advisor, or board member on Roddenberry Foundation, National Children's Campaign, Climate Power, Tree, One Million of Us, The Weather Chatter, The Weather Channel, Pattern, Green Sports Alliance, DC Environmental Film Festival, the NAACP Image Awards, and the American Academy of Arts and Sciences. Help me reframe brain audience. Welcome the esteemed Dr. Ali. Thank you so much for making time to be a guest on the Reframe Brain Podcast. <laughs> oh, it's an honor to be with you. You are amazing. The work that you're doing is amazing and it is so needed. So thank you for allowing me to hold space with you and your audience. I certainly appreciate you, especially someone who's doing not just giving the rhetoric, but you embody the work. So definitely want to get into it, friend. Could you please, uh, and your um, bio is impressive. It is who you are. Could you share with the Reframe Brain audience, um, talk about your decision because you started this work at 16 to become an agent of change. That is exactly what you are in the environmental space. Well, you know, it all goes back to my family. Uh, you know, every time I speak all across the planet, I always give honor to my mother and my grandmother who are the rocks that I stand on. Um, and my grandfather and my father who gave me an opportunity to listen and learn um, and understand that whether it was myself or my brothers and sisters, that we had a responsibility to give back. And um, I watched, you know, uh, my, my grandfather was about civil rights and workers' rights, and my father was about workers' rights. So I had a chance to see firsthand the impacts that were happening inside of our communities, but also that there were sets of solutions and actions that could be implemented if we had uh, you know, an opportunity to bring people together uh, in a transformative way, in a way that everyone's voice uh, had value. Um, and uh, if we did all that, that we could address both the mind, the body, and the spirit um, uh, of the impacts that were happening and hopefully be a part of the transformation of helping people to be whole. Mm. And I love that because um... I have heard you uh, give honor to those very people you mentioned, your mother, your grandmother, your grandfather, your father. Um, and it's wonderful, Mustafa, that that was modeled for you. And then you took up your banner and continued moving in that space. So your passion, um, as was heard in your bio and what you just described, is absolutely electric. What concerns 
um, do you highlight when you're meeting with presidential administrations, the Fortune 500 executives um, and community members when you're making the case for those vulnerable communities um, that are disproportionately impacted by polluted water, air, and areas of play? And then how is your um, coalition, the CECC, CECC, the Clean Co Economy of Color Coalition, directly involved in these efforts? Yeah. Well, you know, I just keep it real with folks. I bring it home for them. Uh, often, you know, you have these conversations with folks who've never spent any time uh, in our most vulnerable communities. Um, and, you know, so I help them to understand first the impacts that are happening to the body, you know, that we have in mm. our country right now, over 350,000 people who are dying prematurely from air pollution. More people are dying from air pollution than are dying from gun violence. More people are dying from air pollution than are dying from car crashes. More people are dying from air pollution than are dying from overdoses of drugs. So I try and bring these issues uh, into the space in a way that they understand the enormity uh, of the, the sets of challenges and impacts, but also that there is a pathway forward. There is a North Star to be able to address many of these issues. Of course, that North Star is justice. That North Star is making sure that there's equitable distribution of resources, that North Star is making sure that people's voices are not just being heard, but they are also helping to formulate the actions that need to happen. You know, I, I try and help people to understand that, you know, we've got 24 million folks in our country are suffering from asthma and 7 million kids. And the impacts on those kids is amazing because it, it impacts the way that they learn or if they can learn. It, it takes parents you know, away from their job or takes parents away from the time that they can spend with their children. All of this is about, you know, the communal aspect of family um, and that we have a responsibility in this space. Erica, I share with them that we've got 1.1 million uh, folks in our country who've been lead poisoned over the years and that there is neurological uh, impacts that happen there. I also bring them back in some of the things that you work on. You know, we know that air pollution is playing a significant role in our mental health. We know that, you know, everything from now studies have shown from schizophrenia to depression uh, to a number of other things that we can unpack for folks, that everything is interconnected. Um, and, and even us not having access to uh, the great outdoors, to parks, um, and other places. We've got to create these safe spaces so that our folks can actually heal the way that other people have the ability to heal. Um, so I, I just try and, when I'm in those conversations, to help them to understand the sets of challenges, but also that there are now resources, there is research, there are tools that if we find a way to come together, um, that, that we can actually begin to, to make, you know, real change happen. And that's the formula that I use, whether in Kentucky or California, uh, in Alaska or in Puerto Rico, um, or even, you know, when I do international work, it, it is really about showing the challenges, but also showing both best practices and the resources that currently exist or how we create those resources to help on the journey. Yeah, Ms. Arthur, I'm so glad that you mentioned those set of data points that you mentioned the number when you talked about the 350,000. That's no small number. When you talk about the 24 million people that are impacted by asthma, and I want to back up to the 350,000 people that have died prematurely, um, mm -hmm. which means that they did not um, have opportunity to um, 
be engaged in the longevity of their life. It was snatched from them from the very thing that we all require in order to move on the on the earth, which is uh, air. Um, you talked about the 24 million impacted by asthma, 7 million children, and then you talked about the 1 million impacted by lead poisoning here in Jackson, not here in Jackson, um, we're in the DC area, but in Jackson, Mississippi, um, I was just reading over um, some of the, the numbers with regard to the percentage of people that have been impacted by lead poisoning. It is almost double um, that of those um, impacted in Flint, Michigan. Um, but we know those two communities are being highlighted, but those aren't the only communities that are suffering from lead poisoning. In addition to you talked about the neurological, cognitively, these children have been robbed um, essentially of a future because of the cognitive um, impact, the cognitive impact, which means that they're having more difficulty focusing. They're having difficulty completing chores, completing homework. They're mm -hmm. um, having all of these um, cognitive challenges, which will um, severely impact you know, the maximization that they um, would have had with life. Can you also talk to us about um, how with the, the set of data points that you've given us, um, what can we do in our local communities and cities that may seem small, mm -hmm. but are big in the grand scheme of efforts when we're talking about, um, because you do both, you, you um, masterfully um, intertwine both, the social and the environmental justice piece. Yeah, you know, so we should, you know, help people to understand that when we talk about pollution, right, we're talking about air pollution, we're talking about noise pollution, and we're talking about water pollution. All three of those have significant impacts on our mental health. Um, and so when we are thinking about engaging on the local level, we should take a quick look or analysis of what's happening in our respective communities that may be touched by those three areas. And then of course the climate crisis is another one that we can unpack that is really causing PTSD for so many different types of folks. But on the local level, one, we get engaged with both our city councils, our county commissions. We look at the work of how do we bring together all these different types of nonprofit and civic organizations our churches, our synagogues, our mosques, how do we make sure that they have the education and the information um, so that we can build these coalitions to really push our elected officials um, to do the right thing? And I'd have to add also, you know, you where you and I come from, we also understand the power that exists inside of our vote. So if we really want to get elected officials' attention, we have to let them know that it doesn't matter if you're a Democrat, Republican, or an independent, that if you don't do the right thing, we're gonna find somebody else. And we should also be preparing folks who inside of all those different uh, entities I mentioned, whether civic organizations, our churches and stuff, our young people to get them in the mindset of, you are good enough to run for mm -hmm. office. What do we need to do to make sure you have all the skills and the backing that you need so that we can have authentic politicians in office? Then we have leverage to begin these conversations about, are you talking about new development? What's that development gonna look like? Whose communities will be impacted? Whose communities are gonna benefit from it? Um, to make sure that we are positioning ourselves because people put these plans in place that sometimes run between five and 10 years, sometimes a little longer. 
And then all the time, we don't really find out about it until we see somebody cutting a ribbon or something like that. So we can take responsibility and ownership. And people hear me talk about all across the country about us reclaiming our power um, and what is and what will not be inside of our communities. Um, and, and when we begin to frame it that way and then understand how will this help my body? How will this help my, my mental state? How will this hopefully help me on the spiritual side of the equation as well? Then we've got a format to work from. I'm so glad. Thank you for mentioning that and for breaking that down into pieces that I know the audience can um, actually um, digest that. To talk about the intersection of what environmental and social justice look like, the impact on not just um, air pollution, but noise pollution. Um, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And so these are things that we have to expand to be able to understand, as you just said, um, so eloquently, my friend, the tool that we have, which is our vote. So get engaged locally, understand what's happening in our communities. If they're looking at bringing something that's going to sever our community, not allow our children to go out and play as freely. Nature has so many remedies for us. It is a great way to improve our cognitive and mental health. But if we have disturbances that will impede that, then we have to be um, engaged enough to lift our voice and um, you have provided a blueprint for that. Was there anything else that you wanted to add to that, brother? Well, you know, there's the other part that we we have to, if we don't have real talk, we understand how we got to some of these situations that we're dealing with. So let's look at noise pollution as as one of the areas that we unpack. We know that that's one of the drivers um, that can impact mental health. So we also know that redlining and restrictive covenances and policy played a role in where bridges would go and, and roads and how they would separate communities and how they would bring pollution into certain communities and drop off wealth in other communities. So if we understand that that has been an impediment and a detriment to our communities, we need to think more critically about this huge amount of money that is a part of the bipartisan infrastructure bill, right? To, to be able to rebuild roads and be, re, be able to rebuild bridges. So we should be having significant conversations about folks about the impacts that the current set of infrastructure is having on our communities. And, and if there may be a need to move that to a different location or to do certain things that help to lessen that burden. There, there, you know, there are barriers that you can put up to, to dole out the noise that can keep the pollution from coming into communities. But it means that we have to request it um, and, and then that we have to keep push uh, and keep a spotlight on it. As one example, when we look at all those people who are dying prematurely from air pollution, there are new uh, opportunities through resources for us to address some of that, for us to put pressure on the Environmental Protection Agency or state agencies. But if we don't raise our voices, one, if we don't educate ourselves, two, if we don't raise our voices, they will say, well, I guess they're okay with what's mm -hmm. going on. Um, and, and I just want us to understand that policy can either be a negative or a positive. And we've seen the negative side of it, how it's been used to impact black and brown and indigenous communities for decades upon decades. But now we can flip the script on people and we can make sure that we are utilizing this to push uh, for change inside of our communities, change in helping to protect our lives and our health and our mental ability, uh, but also to create wealth in our community because we know that poverty 
can also cause some significant stressors. Um, so we've got to make sure that we're taking a holistic uh, stance um, at, at what needs to go on inside of our lives. Absolutely. From the expert mouth, from the expert's mouth to your ears, Reframe Brain community. And so Dr. Ali, I'd be remiss if before um, you um, close out, how can people connect with your work, um, procure your services or participate in any um, upcoming events that you have on or have information to better educate their community? We do have advocates that do um, frequent the Reframe Brain. And so what blueprints, tools outside of what you just shared um, would you have available for them? Yeah, well, I always make sure that I am redirecting the spotlight to community. Um, there are a number of environmental justice organizations and climate justice organizations all across our country. Um, I would ask you to just Google where you live and those organizations and then take a peek at the work that they're doing. Everyone um, has blessings and gifts. Um, and those blessings and gifts can help those organizations to be even more effective. So I would say start there um, and see if you find, you know, an organization that's a good fit for you. If you don't, I often encourage folks to start your own. Um, give some real consideration to that. There's a lot of resources that are out there now. This is a, an, an excellent time for you mm -hmm. to be able to start your own organization or start your own business in this space. Then, and, you know, then you're more than welcome to go to MustafaSantiagoAli.com. Um, there's information there about revitalization strategies. We're focused on helping our most vulnerable communities move from surviving to thriving, from trauma to transformation um, is our focus. Um, and then for the CECC, you can go to nwf.org and uh, you'll be able to get some information there. But it all starts with one, you know, just saying, you know what? I know that I can do something uh, to help. Um, and then linking up with others who will support you, uplift you, help guide you, um, and, and be there with you um, as we move toward justice. I love it. Such words of wisdom, words of clarity from the incomparable Dr. Mustafa Alu, who always brings it back to local people that are doing the work. And then, listen, you started your own. Dr. Ali, it has been such an honor. Thank you so much for connecting with the Reframe Brain today. Oh, it's a blessing. Always hold space with you. Thank you for everything you do. Oh, gosh, my pleasure. And for the Reframe Brain audience, thank you so much for connecting. Please make sure that you uh, like this video and then share it with people as well. Hopefully you can be letting us know that you have started an environmental organization or you have connected with one. And as always, Reframe Brain folks, you know that we do this work one beautiful breath at a time. Thank you so much for connecting and be well. Thank you again for connecting with today's The Reframe Brain podcast episode. This is Erica Savage, the founder and host, extending a personal invitation for you to join our community where you can receive my five best brain health tips and a playlist curated with you in mind. Please go to thereframedbrain.com Thank you again and be well.